This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 17. I am Craig, your host. And over there... It's Chris. Chris. Uh, same guy. Still here. I know. Look, if they're not sick of you, <laughs> then we'll keep going. Hopefully, they're still listening. Yeah. All right. Well, today, we are finally, as we kind of teased last week, uh, we are finally getting into the meat and potatoes of the operational stuff. A lot of what we've talked about previously has been... Um, you know, before you get out on the road, how to start the company, how to manage all the paperwork and whatnot. Um, well, there's a little paperwork in this too. But what we're talking about today is actual operational stuff. This is what we've been looking forward to. Your first three months on the road, and you've got your PL ready to talk about today. I do. Now you're using acronyms I and know. not telling everybody what it means. So that's PL just it's just because prof- I'm look, I'm so smart, Chris. <laughs> you are I, so smart. I know business terms. Yeah. I understand businessing very well. So the, the PL is your profit and loss statement. It's a very common report that you know everybody from banks to whoever asks for and they want to see it shows you know basically how much money you've made how much you've spent in expenses and then that most important number the bottom line what is your net income which is essentially you know i'm simplifying this a little bit but what you put in your pocket and you get to take home now at the end talking. of the day now before we get to that i'll just remind everybody of a couple of things go to hollandassetsllc.com to check out the full show notes for every episode, including this one. And so there will be, for this one, that's going to be pretty uh, important, right? We're going to have a lot of things for them to check out from our conversation today. So hollandassetsllc.com is where you can do that. Also, check us out on Facebook. Find the Holland Assets Facebook page because what's our contest this week, Chris? Um, it's a it, This should be kind of a fun contest. Before we get to the contest, so I will post that, that actual profit and loss statement on the website so as you're listening to this podcast if you get a chance pull it up so you can look at it and kind of go through it with us but as far as the contest goes this is going to be kind of a little bit more of a fun um, contest we're basically asking for when you're not driving your truck what are you driving either what are you driving or um, what is your dream vehicle to drive either either one of them works very nice uh do you have a dream vehicle chris um i i do um i, I actually all growing up, it's changed recently. Sure. It, all growing up, it was a Dodge Viper. I Are always you wanted to have a Dodge Viper. Right no, that's a, that, that was, was mine it. as well. Was it? Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, here's a deep cut for you. Do you remember the 90s television show Viper? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Was... That's good stuff. Okay. So yeah. I assume we both watched the same program. We must have. So yeah, <laughs> that, that was always kind of my dream thing. And um, it changed recently. My dream vehicle changed several years ago to a tesla and you know it sounds kind of weird for a guy in the trucking industry that we you know we kind of drink diesel but uh i really I, hope that's not true it's not yeah not not so much <laughs> but um because they're electric cars they're completely different and, and actually what made me fall in love with teslas was not the cars because i'm I, to be honest with you i'm not like a huge car guy or truck guy or, or anything like that um, but the business side of things, you know, Elon Musk and kind of what he did in transforming, 
um, that the auto industry and, and changing, you know, changing the, the auto industry and probably accelerating the advent of the electric car, um, you know, by 10 years at least. And just, you know, taking something that people said, you cannot do this, this is impossible, you're not going to be able to make it happen, and actually doing it. That's what made me kind of fall in love with Teslas, and then I kind of fell in love, in love a little bit more with the cars. Yeah, so, well, I've heard that they are insanely fun to drive. They are, so. and, and and I I about, you know, I, I bought a, a Model 3 last year, Ooh. and so this on a Model the, 3. Uh, this is the discount version for the plebs, right? Yeah. yeah. The Model 3? Yeah, and... and <laughs> Before that, though, it's kind of funny. I'd, I'd owned and driven the same car for almost 17 years. Wow. What uh, was that? It was a Honda Civic. Nice. Yeah. So cheap car, you know, low maintenance, didn't cost a whole lot and kind made it so I could, it was a workhorse, made it so I could, you know, afford to do some of the things I've done business wise. I, I say that's a big part of why I've been able to do some of the things I've been able to do is because I, I really managed my personal expenses and drove that same inexpensive car for a really long time. And then when I upgraded, I kind of upgraded big just a little bit. Go and big or go home, Chris. Yeah. I, I love the Tesla. The, the torque on that electric car is just like nothing you've ever experienced. They're a lot of fun. All right. Well, yeah. I say if you if you can go for your dreams, then why not? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's great. Uh, okay. So let's get into the profit and loss uh, subject today. I think we're going to be talking about the actual numbers here in just a moment, but uh, but get, kick us off on this, Chris. Let's start talking about P&L. Before we get into the P&L, I want to talk, and, and this is obviously very related, but I want to go through an analogy uh, or a parable, however you want to call it. Um, this is a parable that a guy named Les Brown, a, a pretty famous motivational speaker, really kind of made famous um, over the years but have you heard the story of that he, that he tells and other people tell it too but i think he's the guy that really made it popular of the chinese bamboo tree uh i, I think i'm familiar with it but you might have to refresh my memory okay so the the chinese bamboo tree when you plant it as a seed you plant the seed and it it starts to germinate but it just builds its its root system so it builds this big elaborate root system stores up energy and basically sets the foundation for the bamboo shoot to to grow do you know how long it does that for uh, uh months probably. at least according to the story it's actually years so uh, five years it's just building its root system storing up energy and getting ready to shoot through the 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 ground and when it actually does the bamboo grows a foot a day, a foot or more a day, a and day. within yeah, a, a day, and within five weeks you've got a ninety foot tall bamboo shoot. Is that true? Really? So I mean, according I, to Les Brown, according to Les Brown, and according to some of the other things I look at, I don't know if it's true. One thing I can tell you for sure that's true is when I was a kid, my dad was in the army, and for two years we were stationed in Panama, and this was in my teenage years. My favorite place we ever lived. I loved it, but I remember we had a bamboo that was growing right outside of my window and it would grow easy six inches in a day and we would we would mark it kind of like you do when you're a kid and you mark yeah, how yeah. tall you grow we would mark that bamboo every day and see how tall it would grow and it, it would grow six plus inches in a day it's, it's crazy wow and that's day in day out day in and day out for while it, while it's growing yeah that's really cool so, so i i think i can see where you're going with this uh where a lot of what we're doing as you pre-operationally and then in these first few months with the company you're laying a foundation, you're building that root network, making sure that you're doing things right, 
uh, getting all you, you know the ducks in a row would be the other cliche that we can use uh, for this uh, but eventually w what you're saying is it may not take off right away and grow a foot a day yeah. but it's about laying that foundation am it's, i right it is it's about laying that foundation and, and i really think if you look at this story and this analogy um there, there's five lessons that we can really learn from it um one your results from your efforts are not always going to be obvious and they're not going to be obvious right away and as we're talking this PNL stuff and a few things, we're gonna we're gonna kind of relate some of this to that. Number two is building a business takes time. You know, just like it takes you know five years for that bamboo to set its foundation, it's the same thing with business. It takes time for that to happen. Number three is you have to nurture the business, um, and that's where a lot of this you know the, the money and the profits that we're going to talk about today is what you're going to use to nurture, to fertilize, to water that business so that when you know, as time goes on, it's eventually going to shoot up and, and do great. And um, number four is the more you nurture it, the faster it's going to grow. So, you know, the more of those profits you you put back into the business, the faster it's going to grow, the bigger it's eventually going to get. The number five, probably most important is just be patient. And and I can really relate a lot of this to me and and my businesses. You know, the, the first business that I, that, that my dad and I bought you know, progressive reporting five, you know, we, we, we went about four years before we really saw good, consistent, um, profits coming out of it and, and, and some of that growth, but we cultivated and grew it and, and did things, you know, made sacrifices in those first four or five years. And, and now it's blossomed into a bunch of other things that have been really good. And we're, you know, we're starting to see some of that incredible growth, just like you do with that 90 foot bamboo tree. Well, I mean, yeah, if, if you're talking about, yeah, I was joking earlier about the uh, Tesla for plebs, but, you know, if you want to buy a Tesla, you're going to have to put in the groundwork years earlier, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. no, that's congratulations on being able to achieve your dream car, Chris, yeah, in, in would, seriousness. It's, that's it's great. Fun, yeah. And so this is relevant, uh, extremely relevant to the conversation here because we're going to be going over these numbers. Um, and And it could be that if somebody takes a look at these first three months, they go, oh, that's it, you know. But what you're saying is, hey, we're laying the foundation. We're looking to the future, not for an immediate um, earth-shattering win. Yeah, right. That, it's it's you can't you that instant gratification in any kind of business. You're typically not going to get it. Now, I I feel like that those first three months have actually been really, for the most part, all in all, pretty good months. We we have made money. Um, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by what it is. But you also have to realize, you know that that profit that we've made, you can't just pull it all out of the business and pocket, it. and pocket it and put it all in your pocket. So, you know, one of the things that we've talked about a little bit in the past, you know, changing that minor, that, that uh, mindset from a driver to a business owner. And this is another really good comparison that I like to make with people is when you're, when you're a driver or you're an employee for somebody else, that paycheck that you bring home, you know, if you want to, you really can spend every last time of that paycheck. You're going to live paycheck to paycheck, but you're not going to probably get yourself into trouble because you know next month you're going to, or next week you're going to get another paycheck and and it's going to be for a similar amount and, and everything's going to be hunky-dory and good. Um, and you can r really spend all that without getting into too much trouble. It's not the same with the business because you're going to see, you know, big volumes of money coming in, you know, in a, in a you, you know, I'll, I'll kind of do a little bit of a spoiler alert, but on average, those three months, you know, we're bringing in $20,000 a month, which is a lot of money, but you can't just go out and say, okay, well, 
you know, I'll bet you I can take 10,000 of that out because, and then you just use that other 10,000 to pay for my expenses. Well, you just can't do that. Not gonna work that it's way. not going to work that way. You've got to be disciplined and careful. And, and, and even that profit, you can't necessarily take all of that profit out and go spend it or you're going to get yourself into trouble. Now, that all makes sense. Uh, so as we are inching closer and closer to actually digging into these numbers here, let me ask you a basic question, and that is how did you make this? How does somebody go about uh, actually creating a P&L statement? Do you use a specific software? Are there techniques you recommend? Yeah, All so that I, sort of thing. Th there's a lot of different software out there that you can use it. I mean, you can do it on a spreadsheet if you wanted to. Bad idea. Um, <laughs> the, the, I use QuickBooks, I, and, and really just because that's what I've been using for a long, long time. I actually use another program for some of the real estate stuff that I own because there's not as many transactions that go into it. Um, it's called um, Wave. And it's free. QuickBooks you're going to spend money on. Wave is free, but it, it's not as user-friendly as QuickBooks. And the, it doesn't have all the features not that QuickBooks does. Not as sophisticated. So th for that reason, a, a company like a trekking company that's a little more um, complicated, I, I've, I've liked QuickBooks better. Okay. Uh, what does QuickBooks cost? Um, I, to be honest with you, I can't even remember roughly. I want to say about 20, 20 bucks a month or so, okay, so roughly around that. Bad. It's not, not a crazy expense and, and well worth it because these reports as, um, simple as they seem, they're really critical to a business because one, they show you how much money you make Two, you know, if you ever want to go get a loan at a bank, you need to be able to provide them financial information and, and this being able to take to them a clean profit and loss statement or a clean balance sheet shows them that you've got the sophistication necessary to run a good business. And, and that goes a long way, especially in our industry where, where a lot of owner operators just don't take the time or have the experience or the ability to be able to do that. And if you can produce that, that's going to put you way above your competition. And I can say as somebody who used to work in a bank, uh, a couple of banks, that QuickBooks, actually, this is another plug for QuickBooks. Uh, this episode apparently, apparently, <laughs> apparently brought sponsored to you by, by QuickBooks. Uh, no, but uh, QuickBooks actually syncs with a lot of online banking software. Uh, and so it's a it's a good way for you to manage both sides of that. Yeah, it's nice because, you know, you don't have to manually tr enter every transaction because QuickBooks can pull that data from your bank account and right. ma makes it pretty simple. All right, very good. So, uh, all right, let's just... Going forward, assume we're talking about QuickBooks, but there are other softwares out there uh, that people can try. You know, if, absolutely. If, if they're doesn't not, have to be QuickBooks. Yeah, but that's what we're probably going to talk about today, just to set that expectation. We're going to assume we're using QuickBooks, uh, okay. and it's really important. Like, it, it's not you know, it's using a, a, a software like QuickBooks is not as simple as just going in and entering your expenses or downloading everything from from the bank account to really be able to produce a good report, you need to understand a little bit about accounts and charts of accounts. Like there's, you know, there's different types of accounts. There's an expense account that you manage your expenses in. There's asset accounts that you put your assets, like your truck and everything into. And you need to be able to understand that. The, the nice thing is you don't have to have an accounting degree to do that. A lot of like community schools, um, community education centers will put on monthly or you know, every other month they'll have a, you know, the basics of QuickBooks or the basics of accounting software where you can learn how to do a lot of that stuff. And, and a lot of times, like I know our community in this area has those, they put them on at the high school and you can pay for those. They just run them at night and they're cheap. They're like 50 bucks and you can learn how to do a lot of this stuff. Nice. Okay. No, that's a great option. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. 
Uh, so should we dig into this? Yeah, let's PL dig into the PL now? for sure. All right, where do you want to start? Let's let's start at the beginning. So the PL is basically divided into three categories. You've got an income category, you've got an expense category, and then you've got the the important part at the bottom that's your your net income. So if you look at if you look at Holland Assets PL, there's the income category, and I, and I've basically listed um, four areas of income where I've earned income. So the first one is detention fees. So if I've received money because I got detained somewhere, I categorize that as detention income. And then the second one is driver assist. So if I've had to, this happened one time where I had to help unload a load, I got paid a hundred bucks for doing that. So that's a, that's another income item. The big one is freight hauled. So, you know, the, the what I get from actually delivering load, I consider that freight hauled income and then the last one I have is when I pay a, a lumper fee and then the broker reimburses me for that, I call it lumper fee reimbursement income. Right. And I'm going to take this opportunity to remind everybody that if you go to the show notes, you can follow along with all of this. Yep. Uh, so we're going to do our best to make it uh, listenable <laughs> <laughs> so that you can understand what it is that we're talking about. But uh, it would be very helpful if you go to hollandassetsllc.com, you can check out this statement so you can follow along with exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. So, so so if you look at Mays, you know, I, I earned some detention income. It was only 170 bucks. I didn't earn any driver assist in May. And then I earned almost, almost $22,000 in freight hauled. And then another, I got another $450 in lumper fee reimbursements. All right. Well, sweet. 22,000 bucks. You're yeah. rolling in it, Chris. Rolling in it. That's oh, wait. A, Maybe we talk about the next section. Yeah, now, yeah. <laughs> it, that number doesn't become quite so good once we get into the next ex section and we start talking about expenses. So, and, and expenses, as I'm looking at this, this is broken down much more granularly than your income. Just it is, a, yeah, a there's a lot more places. expenses line items, yep. Yeah, okay, so I, I don't know if we want to run through every single line item, but maybe we can talk well, about the different well, categories. Yeah, we'll at least talk about the categories. So you take the first ones like, is mostly um, bank charges and fees. So ha to have a checking account and really where a lot of that comes from is running your fuel card. Every time you, you use a, your fuel debit card, you get charged a, a fee to use that. So that's where most of those come from. So a hundred bucks in May for that. Um, and, and there's a few other things, but you've got that one. Then I had some compliance expenses. Then the next big one that let's really talk about is, is driver pay. Okay. So I, I pay myself just like I would another driver and everybody that you're, if you're doing this, you should do the same thing. If you're also driving the truck, you should pay your yourself just like you would another driver. And so what I recommend people do, and this is, this is like, if I could, if you could learn one thing out of this podcast, this is probably one of the most important pieces of the podcast. I feel like really strongly, I feel that you should pay yourself just like you were getting paid before. And you don't take any, for the first year or two, you don't take any more money out of that business than what you are earning as a driver working for somebody else. So what I've done in this situation, you know, for a, a newer driver like me, I would pay myself 42 cents a mile. And and that's a pretty, pretty, reasonable pretty normal over the road driver wage, 42 cents a mile. Okay. And so that's what, that's how I'm calculating this is I'm paying that 42 cents a mile. Um, then on top of that, there's payroll taxes. The business has to pay and you'll see that. And that's a, roughly a, 
eight and a half percent of the driver pay is what those those taxes calculate out to be. Gotcha. Um, then below that, you'll see the the dispatching and factoring fee. My my dispatcher and my factor are kind of one and the same, and so I, I, I've categorized that. I pay that fee out as one fee, and it covers both the dispatching and the factoring. Then next, you'll see the different categories of fuel. Um, then you go down in different categories of insurance. And then there's just a bunch of other interest paid. So that's interest on my truck loan and my trailer loan. Um, and then there's just most of this rest of this stuff is just really kind of miscellaneous. Yeah, it looks stuff. like odds and ends, uh, maintenance stuff, uh, job supplies, scale fees, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Yep. Seems pretty miscellaneous, but straightforward if you're looking through it. It is. Yep. Uh, so, all right, now we get to the exciting part, I guess, which is uh, you've well, got you total, total expenses. You total all those expenses up and... And then we're going to get our cost. So what, what's our total expenses? We talked about uh, about 22, I guess when you add it up, 22,500 in your total income. Expenses comes out to just over 18. Uh, so our net operating income, now you've got two lines here, net operating income and net income. Now, I, I notice as I'm looking at that, that these are the same number. In our situation, they're the same. And, and really where that big difference would come into, and, and I'm, I'm not going to get into this because... It, this it, isn't an accounting it's not podcast. an accounting podcast <laughs> and and it the difference is when you're also using cost of goods sold which to simplify things i'm not using cost of goods sold because cost of goods sold are pretty similar to expenses it's just a, an expense that's tied directly to the product or service you're yeah. producing so in, in a lot of situations fuel would probably be considered a cost of goods sold but it, it you know it, it you're really getting, I think, more complicated than you need to be for a little a, too granular. Yeah. So because those are the same, I, I'm not using cost of goods sold. Those are going to come out the same. Net income and net operating income are going to be the same every time. So in May, just over four thousand dollars in net income. Now this is profit minus expenses, but the encouraging thing here is that uh, you've already paid yourself. That's yeah. part of your expenses, and so. You're not looking at that number saying, oh, no, this is all I have left to, to live with. This is that fertilizer you're talking about, right? It goes back into the business yeah. uh, and feeds that bamboo tree. And Yeah, and that, that's exactly right. So that's that's above and beyond your driver pay. So if you if you really wanted to see what you made as a, as a business owner, you'd probably add those two together. But, but with that being said, I, I wouldn't even do that because part of that net operating income, that profit – you're going to want to put back into the business. And in next week's episode, that's what we're really going to go into. Okay. Now that you've made some money, what, what are you going to do with that money? And how is that money best spent? Cause you should not take all that home and, and go buy your dream car. It's right. not time for that yet. That day will come, <laughs> that day will come, but it's not time for it yet. If you want to make sure that business is going to stay healthy and it's going to be able to continue to grow and get strong, you cannot spend all that money. Right. And I'm I'm glad you headed me off because that was going to be my next question: <laughs> is what do we do with this uh, four grand in in profit? But we will get there. So let me ask you another question. As, so that was our May numbers, uh, but when I look over at June, uh, our gross profit in June eighteen and a half thousand, total expenses just under eighteen and a half thousand. So the total profit in June, instead of over four thousand dollars, you got a hundred and ten bucks in uh, in net income at this point do you start freaking out no because shit happens 
You might have to beep that out because we're pretty, we're a, we're a friendly, we're family, we're, we're friendly. family friendly. Yeah. Yeah. All your kids who are on the long haul with you, they're all yeah. listening to this. But too, right? happens and you're going to have a bad month. And what happened that month was I had to pay for the repair from when that damn deer ran into my truck. <laughs> so that's why the profit was low that month is because that's, you'll, if you look and go up onto the yep. repairs line, there's a $2,736 repair from, from Bambi. Good heavens, 2700 bucks from a deer. To fix Bambi. That rem- Remember, I didn't hit Bambi. Bambi hit me. <laughs> I want to clarify that. <laughs> of course. I don't consider that an at-fault accident because Bambi ran into the side of the truck. No, no damage on the front. It was all on the side. As long as, uh, as long as the deer doesn't hit my face on the side of the truck, <laughs> one day it's going to be there, Chris. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay, all right, interesting. So you're not freaking out. And the next month reflects that if we go to July... It pops back up, not quite the same as May, uh, but $3,700 in uh, net income kind of reflects no deer were harmed in the making yeah, no, of this profit and loss no. this month. So, <laughs> no, uh, only, in, only in June's profit and loss <laughs> did we hurt any animals. Oh, very good. Okay, so good. I, I feel like we've worked our way through it again one more time just for people who are listening. Uh, that was a lot of numbers we threw at you and a lot of, uh, a lot of categories to go through. It's not the most audible kind of content for us to try to, to explain. And so once again, hollandassetsllc.com. Check out this profit and loss statement and you can follow along with what we're talking about here and make it a little bit easier on yourself. Uh, wait till you're off the road yeah, for that, it, maybe? It do, and, and this episode definitely is best consumed looking at that spreadsheet as we're kind of walking through this so you can see it. We've, you know, For those of you who haven't seen the actual um, print out of the PNL, we show all three months plus a total for the, the three months. You can see that, um, it show everything, every line item. We're trying to be as completely transparent in, in this as we possibly can so that you get to see exactly what it looks like to own a one truck trucking company. And the other thing to keep in mind too, is this is, this is really the first three months that this business was open. A lot of people, would love to start a business and be profitable within the first three months, which we have been, which is is really a remarkable and phenomenal thing. And take into consideration, this is the first three months when it's the hardest to find loads. And and this includes a couple of the months in the summertime, which are down months for the trucking industry as a whole. And so I'm super encouraged by how how this turned out. And I've been thinking about this a little bit ever ever since uh, you sent these numbers my way and I was looking at them. I was thinking about some of the advantages that you have, right? You've worked in this industry for a while. You've been supporting uh, trucking professionals for a long time. So you've been around this stuff. And so you've built up this support system uh, with other professionals in the industry who you can go to and you use them to help your business grow. And and it's that support system that's allowed you to do what you've done. Not everybody's going to be so lucky and have those first three profitable months, but, uh, and this is just, this is just shameless self-promotion for this podcast. I hope people forgive me, but that's essentially what we're doing is we're trying to give people a support system. If they want to go and try and, uh, make it on their own, the way that you're doing with your trucking company, that's what this podcast and what the website and what all these other things that we're providing for them are meant to do is, you know, you've been working in this industry for years, you've built that support system, and now you're showing people how, how to, to go about yeah. getting that sort of support, right? And, and in, yeah, absolutely. But in reality, I, I have honestly tried to run this business 
as if I didn't have a lot of that experience. Like I haven't used my connections to find better paying loads. Like every single load that we've hauled up to this point has been found on a load board. Nice. We haven't gone out, you know, I've got some relationships. I actually have clients that are shippers. I haven't gone out to them and asked them for loads. I may, as time goes on, start to do some of that because that's how a trucking company should be run. You shouldn't get all of your loads just from load boards. You need to go out and get them from other areas because those are typically higher paying loads. And, and, and I'll start to do that as time goes on. But at this point, I've tried to be make this project match what anybody else should be able to do out there. Right. Yeah, you're not going to disadvantage yourself, but you're also not going to take any advantages that somebody else wouldn't be able to have as well. Absolutely. Right. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, this has been illuminating. I've been looking forward to this episode for a long time. Despite all these numbers uh, in a, a handy little spreadsheet, I actually enjoyed this. It was good to go over, so I hope people will go check it out as well at hollandassetsllc.com. Chris, anything else before we cut and run? That's that's it. I, I, I need to get out of here so I can hit the road. All right. Well, let's do it. We will see everybody for episode 18 when we dig into what to do with that net income. Uh, and I will see you then, Chris. Sounds good. That's going to be another super important episode and look forward to it. <clears throat> check, check. How do I sound? Oh, silky. Still as good as ever. <laughs> <laughs>